the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Eight minutes after 10 o'clock as hour number two gets underway on AM 1420. The answer, thank you so much for joining us on this Friday. It's a free-for-all. That means anything you want to talk about is fair game, from the shooting and the horrific tragedy this morning to the college uh, admission scandal to uh, the Senate's vote yesterday, including 12 turncoat Republicans uh, turning their backs on the people of the United States and the President of the United States. Any of those things or or more uh, are fair game. So whatever you want to talk about, 216-901-0945, 888 It's the 15th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2019. So let's make this last hour of the week count. Um, I have in front of me the manifesto. 74 pages long of the shooter or the primary shooter, the organizer or whatever you want to call it, because there were a number of people involved in this horrific overnight attack, excuse me, uh, overnight for us, in New Zealand. Two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand, shot up. 49 people killed, 40 others injured. They may be fighting for their lives. That death, call, death toll excuse me, may rise. And what we've learned about the shooter in a very short version of this is contained within this uh, report from Fox News. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern saying it seems the attacks were well planned. She says of suspects... These are people who I would describe as having extremist views that have absolutely no place in New Zealand and, in fact, have no place in the world. One man has been arrested and charged with murder. Four, actually, since that uh, report came down. And, uh, again, the, the individuals not only uh, left a manifesto. Uh, one of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid using his name, by the way. I'm going to do my very level best to avoid using his name. 
because we all know how these things go, even though he claims he is not looking for fame. Uh, the fact that a GoPro camera was used on a um, on a helmet that was used during to stream uh, stream live or live stream, I guess, seventeen minutes of the attack of the murders of the atrocity. Clearly, fame was a driver. But I do hold the manifesto in front of me. Actually, I've downloaded it. It's uh, seventy four pages long, and it does read like uh, every bit of, every bit the nightmare that one would expect from an extremist. Um, the introduction. And I'm just only going to give you very select portions of this. The introduction reads this way. It's the birth rates, it's the birth rates, it's the birth rates. If there's one thing I want you to remember from these writings, it's that the birth rates must change. Even if we were to deport all non-Europeans from our lands tomorrow, the European people would still be spiraling into decay and eventual death. Every day we become fewer in number, we grow older, we grow weaker, in the end we must remain, return to replacement fertility levels or it will kill us. So obviously this is a great you know, example and an idea of what's in this particular shooter's head as he talks about uh, nationalism and being overrun uh, by people who are not quote-unquote his kind of people. He went on to write, Mass immigration and the higher fertility rates of the immigrants themselves are causing this new increase in population. We are experiencing an invasion on a level never seen before in history. Millions of people pouring across our borders, legally invited by the state and corporate entities to replace the white people who have failed to reproduce, failed to create the cheap labor, new consumers and tax base that the corporations and states need to thrive. The crisis of mass immigration and sub-replacement fertility is an assault on the European people that, if not combated, will ultimately result in the complete racial and cultural replacement of the European people. European people, excuse me. If that doesn't kind of give you an idea of his motivation, then the rest of the 74-page manifesto is pointless. He's a racist who believes that white ethnic. Um, birth rates are declining to the point where whites are going to be the major minority uh, in short order, and uh, the undesirables, as he sees them, um, are going to take over um, because of the you know the minority immigrant population that continues to flood into his country, and I think he's speaking through all of Europe as well. So you know, here's a guy in New Zealand actually speaking about Europe as well. He goes on to say this is white genocide. To return to replacement fertility levels is priority number one, because if we don't, white genocide is going to take place. He went on to ask himself and answer several possible questions. In general, he writes, who are you? And answering himself, he said, just an ordinary white man, 28 years old, born in Australia to working class, low-income family, parents of Scottish, Irish, and English stock. Um, why did you carry out this attack? To most of all, show the invaders that our lands will never be their lands and our homelands will be our land. And that as long as a white man still lives, they will never conquer our lands and they will never replace our people. To take revenge on the invaders for the hundreds of thousands of deaths caused by foreign invaders in European lands throughout history. To take revenge for the enslavement of millions of Europeans taken from their lands by Islamic slavers. To take revenge for the thousands of European lives lost to terror attacks throughout European lands. And it goes on like this. And I'll stop there because I, 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 you know, so much of this is just so much hate. It's so much racist, um, nationalist hatred for other people based on their race and on their religion. This is the definition of a far right extremist. Now, why does any of that matter? It shouldn't. But why does it? 
It does because they are going to take far-right extremists, they being the media here in the United States and the American left, politicians who look to uh, try to uh, use every tragedy, every uh, horrific story to score political points. They're going to take far-right extremists, white nationalists in New Zealand, and claim he was driven and motivated by Donald Trump and that he is representative of conservatives. He made reference to Donald Trump just once in the entire manifesto. He also made reference to conservatives once in the entire manifesto, only to say that I'm not a conservative. He is a white nationalist, but he recognizes, as should everyone, that is not conservatism. Conservatives do not believe in white nationalism or ethnic nationalism or bigotry uh, against any religion or against any race or anything else. We believe in the Constitution. We believe in equality. We believe in liberty. And we believe that everyone should be treated fairly. Very, very different than what this far-right, quote-unquote, nationalist believes. So when he asked himself in the uh, manifesto, are you conservative, he said, absolutely not. He said that, cons- oh, uh, hold on a second, my, my screen is refreshing now, so I want to make sure I have this part. He said, are you conservative? Or he asked himself in this manifesto, yeah, here it is. He said, no, corp- uh, conservatism is corporatism in disguise. I want no part of it. So he is a very different kind of far-right extremist nut job who is dangerous, as dangerous as any far-left uh, um, nut job, as dangerous as any radical extremist Muslim terrorist uh, who has committed terrible numbers of murders and crimes and so on and so forth. He is just as bad. And, of course, we bring that home to the United States in the form of Trump inspired him. Conservatives inspired him. He's uh, If he was in the United States, he'd be a red hat MAGA wearer, or MAGA hat wearer, rather. This is what's going to lead, like I said before, to more death. This is the type of mentality that's going to lead to more death, especially because of the um, proliferation of hate and judgment all over social media. There's just There's just no other way to say it. That is exactly what is going to happen. John is in Berea on AM 1420, The Answer. John, thanks for your patience as I went through as much of that as I could stand. You're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, I'm on the air? Yes, sir. Okay, good. Um, I have a couple of ideas for President Trump, but I don't have any way of of getting communicating them to him that I am aware of. One to uh, uh, go to complete the wall and go completely around the Congress, get this. Uh, not involve them at all. And the other one is to uh, uh, protect the uh, national grid, which uh, I I think is in danger of uh, becoming somewhat like Puerto Rico. So my question is, uh, do you know of any way, uh, back channel or some some way of communicating with President Trump uh, because, you know, everything around him leaks like a sieve. Yeah, yeah, well, you're right. And I would say this in response, John. Thank you for your call, sir. 
Uh, I would say this in response. Uh, no, I don't have any back channels to get to President Trump. The only thing we can do is get to the people that we represent, or excuse me, that represent us, that we have voted to represent us. And that would be to get to your members of Congress and ask them to share that information uh, uh, you know, with the president and whatever, whatever opportunities they have, particularly if your representative is Republican and can reach a member of his own party like the president like that. So that's number one. Number two, I don't think he would need that particular set of advice, all due respect, because I think he knows... He, he wants to build the wall, and he is going to do... Uh, that's what this whole thing was about, my friend. That's what this whole vote was about yesterday, because they said he went around Congress and uh, is going to try to build this wall without them. And they're saying, you can't do that. That's unconstitutional. You can't move money around that we did not um, apportion uh, in, uh, in uh, you know, in you know toward that endeavor. We, we, we spread this money out, and we uh, apportioned this money out to various uh, causes, as we have the right to do. Uh, various issues, various needs, because we hold the purse strings, being the House of Representatives, and uh, you can't have this money unless we say you can. And he said, oh, yeah, watch this. He declared an emergency and moved the money because he has the power to do that. So he already is doing what you said on the first one. And with the second one about protecting the power grid, uh, completely agree. One of my, it's going to sound goofy, sound funny maybe, one of my biggest fears, swear to you, um, in this country is not a nuclear bomb. It is not a uh, a terrorist hijacking, because I think we've addressed that in a, in, a, in large part. My biggest fears when it comes to an attack on our way of life is an EMP, uh, an electromagnetic pulse bomb, which would disable our electrical grids and all of our power grids. It would revert us back to, quite frankly, being in the Stone Ages. We would have literally no light, no uh, running water. We would have no ability for engines to run, no fuel. Uh, we would all be on our own to grow crops. Uh, you know, and I know it sounds really extreme, like I said, and goofy. Um, you know, if, but if you wouldn't, if you, that, that's why there are companies selling, you know, EMP preparation uh, kits. You know, MREs, meals ready to eat, uh, good for a two-year supply in the event of a power grid being attacked and being knocked out. Um, you know, and you can't refrigerate food, and it's too late to plant and harvest and all these kinds of things. There are companies that are really making out on preparing people for that. So, yeah, uh, an attack on our power grid, like you said, with with, with uh, what's happening in, uh, you know, Venezuela, uh, the power grid there is out. They've been in the dark. Uh, that would be a devastating thing, and I swear that is a bigger concern to me and a bigger threat, I think, to our way of life and our survival, um, maybe than any of the other threats that we just discussed. Thank you for the call, good sir. I appreciate that. I see a lot of other callers on hold right now. Stay there. I'm coming to you next right here on AM 1420 The End. Ten twenty-five. Now we continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, the Bob France Authority. We got you until eleven o'clock. Uh, open lines, free for all Friday. So anything you want to talk about is uh, fair game. Let me go next to Brian, who's been waiting uh, in Cleveland on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hi, Brian. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, uh, question. Yeah. Why is it that we are one of the only seven counties in Ohio's eighty-eight that are targeted by this e-check scam? By what? The e-check, the the pollution standards scam created have, by the EPA. I have no earthly idea. Pardon? I have no idea. I have no idea. So you're saying it's only done in seven counties? Yeah, seven counties. It's uh, Cuyahoga, Lorraine, uh, Medina, Summit, Stark, Lake, and I so, believe So all Geauga. Northeast Ohio. So basically all of Northeast Ohio, nobody else in the state does it, you're saying? Yep. Nope, not at all. 
Tell you what, I not don't. Know, I did not up. know that. First of all, there was only seven, I, and I don't know why to answer your question directly. But I will tell you this: the next time I get a state representative on, which I do from time to time, I will ask that very question: uh, Why is that? Uh, why is that the case? We'll see if we can find out from uh, Columbus why that is. Uh, thank you for the call, my friend. Let's go to uh, who's sitting here? Bob in Middleburg Heights. Bob, you're next. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Go ahead, sir. And good morning, Bob. Uh, morning. I was listening to you talking about this manifesto or this nutcase murderer over here, and yes. you mentioned far right. Yes. I'd like to make a suggestion that don't mention far right anymore. That's That should not even be brought up. He's got nothing to do with people on the right. Me and you are good people. This guy's a nut. He's so no association. And no association should be given. That's giving in to the left when we associate crazy people and say, describe them as far right. I think that's wrong. I don't think we should be doing that. I don't disagree with you. Um, uh, but, but you know, it, it, it becomes, obviously, whenever there's an attack, a terrorist attack or a, um, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a mass shooting incident, which sometimes can be described as a terrorist attack. Again, it depends on the motive. You know, to me, terrorism is something that inspires terror for political reasons. You have to have a political goal in mind. You're trying to achieve something rather than just kill. And when that happens, um, the first thing we do when there's an attack like that is we say, what is the motive? Who did this and why? Who would go into a synagogue and shoot up a bunch of Jewish people? Who would go into a mosque and shoot up a but, bunch of but, Muslims? But that's not my motive or your you know, like I said, I just think the association's wrong, and that needs to be stopped. Well, again, we're good I, people. You know, well, of course it's we like are. I said, well, of course I we are. Well, well, but hold on a second, though, because here, here's here's the thing, though, um, Bob. When the nine eleven hijackers did what they did, they did it for reasons of their religion. Their they their 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 Muslim faith is what compelled them, as as does ISIS and as does Al-Qaeda and so many others that are terrorists who are acting out on behalf of their religion. Now, do they represent every Muslim? And the answer, of course, is no. There are good people, like you just described us. We're good people. We're not like that. So don't use that label. Should we not attribute the label to the, the, the Muslim well, terrorists because again, we don't want we it to wrap up other Muslims? Could Muslims were far left? I'm sorry? Could we could we describe those Muslims at nine eleven as far left? No, they're not. They're not. They're not left or right on the you know American political ideological scale. They're just religious fanatics. They're 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 well, Muslim again, religious fanatics. That's guy, their motive. You know, I'm sorry. Th- this guy has has nothing to do with American politics. Yet he's being lumped into this far right. I guess again, I, I just don't think it's correct. For us to be doing that, it's we're we're giving well, in when we do when we say things like this. Well, Bob, like I said, I I don't I and thank you for your call. I do not necessarily disagree with you. I just am I'm, I'm a realist. You know, um, when an antifa organizer commits violent attacks in the streets against innocent people, and we describe them as far left, you know, leftist extremists, which is what antifa is. We're not seeing every person on the left side of the political scale is is a terrorist or is a um, you know somebody who commits violent acts, but we're recognizing their political leanings, and so we do that. And when it's somebody who's on the quote unquote far right, and I thought I made a pretty good 
compelling explanation. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I overvalued my own statements. But in the first hour, I described the difference between far-right extremists and conservatives. Conservatives don't do that. I don't consider myself far-right. I don't even consider myself, quote-unquote, right-wing. I don't even know if I like that wing reference. I'm a conservative. I'm a constitutionalist. I'm a conservative. I am a nationalist in that only I support the people, all people, all colors, all races, religions, creeds, etc. I support the people of the United States first before I then will concern myself with people of other countries. So by that standpoint, I am America first. I am a nationalist, but that's not a racial nationalist. It's not a religious nationalist. It's just America first. That's it. I want our people to be taken care of first, and then we will do what we've always done, and that's be the greatest force for good around the globe to since uh, since our founding. But But we do. We have labels. And I don't disagree with you. I don't want to be lumped in as far right because this guy... Uh, has far-right views and committed a bunch of murders, and he doesn't represent me. But like I said, there are a lot of people who commit terrible, uh, atrocious crimes that do not represent all of the people with whom they share an affinity or a demographic. Thank you, Bob. It's a great call, and it's a great discussion, one that could go on for hours and hours and hours. Obviously, we don't have that much time because it's news time now on AM 1420, The Answer. Progressive Democrats, please be aware. You have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 1036 now by my count. That leaves us with 24 minutes of outstanding awesome left in this uh, Friday morning broadcast. I want to, uh, before I go back to the phones, a lot of people there, stay there. I'm coming right there, I promise. But just briefly. You know, last caller, you know, got me thinking, obviously, about how we identify people by their ideologies. And clearly, this guy has uh, leanings that would be described if he were not such an extremist and racist. He has leanings of nationalism that are commonly associated with conservatism. And that's why they're calling him right wing. But then, of course, his extremism, which, you know, crosses over into all of the racism and the eth- uh, the uh, uh, ethnocentrism and the anti-immigration uh, and anti-race mixing and white genocide and all that other stuff, goes, goes into extremist territory that has nothing to do with conservatism. In fact, if you... Um, you know, really want to boil it down and and take what's happening in New Zealand and bring it to the United States, which so many people are doing comparatively. We'll go back to the history of conservative movement and the Republican Party in this country. And, of course, point to the fact that the real racism and the anti-civil uh, rights for all lives on the lives on the American left. It lives on the in the Democrat Party. It has historically and it continues to today. It's been a complete um, fabrication and publication of fake news through low these many decades in which the liberal Democrat Party has tried to somehow convince minority America that it's the Republican Party that is out to get them, that it's the Republican Party that's the party of racism. And that it's they, uh, the Democrat Party, that wants to help ethnic minorities, racial minorities, by giving them handouts and subsidies and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, these other people don't care about you. And it's just a complete whitewashing, pardon that, of, uh, of the reality of the situation. 
But it just, it, it just, you know, it, it, the the labels that we put on everything and every crime and every terror, terrorist act that takes place, it, it doesn't mean we we can't label. Motive is is the key. You know what's one of the popular, um, most popular movies or specials or documentaries or whatever you want to call it on Netflix right now? It's the lost Ted Bundy tapes. Ted Bundy was a serial killer from the 1970s. Ted Bundy was executed in the 1980s. Ted Bundy is 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 gone, and yet still people are like flocking to the Ted Bundy lost tapes on Netflix. Why? Because they want to get in the mind of a killer. Why did he do what he did? What drove him to commit those terrible acts? That's human nature. The Manson family, for crying out loud, even though Charles Manson is finally dead, uh, the Manson family, why? Did he really do it because of Helter Skelter? Was he really trying to start a race war between blacks and whites? That blacks would eventually win and wipe out the white population, except for Charlie and his family, who would then uh, come on, uh, uh, come back from the, the bottomless pit of Death Valley and then rule the blacks because they didn't know how to do it? Was that really what he believed? People are fascinated by motives. And when you're fascinated by motives, and then you find out what motives are, then it's easy to label, whether it be clinical terms like sociopath or more colloquial terms like right-wing extremists, left-wing extremists, Antifa extremist, fascist, communist, Muslim terrorist, um, whatever the case might be. I don't think that's ever going to stop. I don't think it's going to. Is it fair to all of the people who share the demographic or they have the same affinity uh, in religion or in, you know, ideology or whatever? No, it's not fair because not everybody else believes in that. And clearly, nobody, nobody in their right mind would ever suggest that an American conservative who simply believes in peace, security, our, the Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our national sovereignty has anything in common with an extremist who goes out and murders people because of the quote-unquote invaders of Europe or the invaders of New Zealand. Those of us who want our border secured aren't hating people on the outside of the border. We are protective of the people on the inside of the border. We would try to protect them, not kill other people uh, to do that. So I just think we need to kind of take all of that and and try to process it. There are various levels of um, you know of labels, I suppose, and we have to recognize if they don't represent us, they don't represent us. But that doesn't mean that the labels aren't apt. Uh, let's go to uh, or accurate. Let's go to uh, BJ waiting patiently on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hi, BJ. Go ahead. Thank you, Bob. <clears throat> Something for you and your callers to consider over the weekend. How far does one go in their own country to preserve what they have known and loved and lived by and fought for? You're opening with Ronald Reagan saying we will do a lot of things for freedom, Mm -hmm. but we will not surrender for it. And I am not making excuses or looking for that. I'm looking for really answers for you younger folks. How far do we go to allow our country to be taken over by other cultures that will change it into something we do not know today, and how do we stand up to it? It could be closing borders, but how long is that going to work? The biggest enemy I see in this country is not other races or other nationalities or religions, but it is the liberals 
that are white in America that I find most destructive and trying to destruct our social order and our, our constitution and our democracy. If you listen to them, that they're the baby killers, as you name them, the party of death. So we are in a dilemma. We are, we are in a spiritual and, and and economic, many, many levels of it, we call it war, but I don't, I don't want to imply that it's a war, but it certainly is a conflict. And it, it does, in a way, break my heart because I grew up in a beautiful America, and I want to see you folks, young people, grow up in a beautiful America. And I know it's something to struggle with, but I'd like you to give some thought over the weekend, and, and I'd like to hear your opinion on Monday. If you I, forgive me for trying to tell you what to do, but I am no, curious no, about I, your No, no, I understand, thoughts. BJ, and, and I can give you an abbreviated opinion on it now, just based on what you had to say. First of all, um, I, I, look, uh, there doesn't have to be cannon fire for there to be a war. We are in a war. Uh, I think we can say that. Um, you remember in the Cold War with the Soviet Union, we didn't fire a shot. We didn't, we didn't drop a bomb. We didn't do anything. You can be in a war without it actually being that kind of warfare. And right now there is an ideological war, and there's a war for the soul of this country, and there's a war for the future of this country that's going on. It's being fought in the media. It's being fought at the ballot boxes. And, um, and, and sadly, uh, there are going to be a lot of casualties of this war, again, metaphorically speaking. Um, to your second and larger point, I agree with you. I don't think the greatest threat to this country is nationalists. I don't think the greatest threat to this country is people who of uh, various races. I don't think the th- greatest threat to this country and its survival is people uh, based on their nationality or their sexual orientation or anything of the above. I think that you said liberals, and I'm going to differentiate between liberals and leftists like I did on yesterday's program. I think the biggest threat to this country are leftists. Leftists um, want to destroy this country. Not making that up, not for effect. That's not just a ratings grab. That don't 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 insult my intelligence like that. I mean literally destroy the country that was founded in seventeen seventy six when we declared our independence and when we wrote that Constitution, and when we ratified it, and the founders declared the liberty of the people for all people, uh, and gave us all of the tools we needed to survive the challenges of time. It's amazing how much foresight they had. Not having any idea what technological advances we would have, they knew they would come. Not knowing any, having any idea what challenges we would face, somehow they still gave us the tools to deal with them by way of that glorious document. And the American leftist, not all American liberals or Democrats, pods, but leftists, they want that document shredded. They do it on a regular basis. They make that very clear. These people want to tear down the United States as it was founded so long ago and rebuild it in their image, which is, sadly, as a, as a leftist would, would want, a socialist-slash-communist model. And not just because of the economic aspect of that, but the social justice aspect of that. The government knows what's best. For the people, people don't have freedom to earn, to live, to grow, to thrive, to prosper at, 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 at the level they wish to work, because not everybody wishes for that. 
and people shouldn't just be given things because they work harder than other people. Everybody should have equal access to all goods and services and wealth and so on and so forth. And I don't want to get into all of the tenets of socialism and and the and the and the horrific governmental heavy hand that would be required to implement such things. We know about those. We know what those are. These people truly are the greatest threat to America. We have survived racial strife, and we've made enormous strides. We have survived religious battles, and we coexist. We have survived all kinds of challenges brought about by cultural shifts and new norms, cultural norms. We always find a way. The one thing we might not survive is the modern American leftist and the push to destroy and shred that upon which this country was founded and to rebuild it, or as Barack Obama once said, transform it fundamentally into something different, a nation that you have never recognized or would never recognize. They are the greatest threat, BJ. Those are my thoughts without spending the weekend thinking about it. Patrick in Cleveland, thanks for your patience, sir. You're right, go right ahead. Bob, yesterday Hugh Hewitt had a social scientist on that spoke exactly what this guy in New Zealand did, how the Muslims are invading Europe, and he was speaking about Europe, Yeah, and they will transform it into a Muslim, you know, whatever. You, and that Gaddafi said this exact same thing. They can't invade it with an army, but they'll get there, they'll be elected in office, and they'll take it over that way. Well, um, I've had a lot of guests on the program over the last several years um, talking about exactly that. You're right, and so was the guest that Hugh had on yesterday. I missed that conversation, but I can tell you just from some you others should, that I've talked to. listen to it. They play, and I'm talking about the, 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 Muslim, um, the Muslims who wish to establish a caliphate. They, they wish to, uh, to, you know, the, the, to, to expand Islam to its true goal, which is a one religion world, uh, where the entire earth is covered by nothing but Sharia law loving, uh, Muslims. Um, this is the one dominant religion that they have pledged, uh, to, to create and that is in, which is in Islamic, like the, um, the, the, he's just saying that the birth rate, the birth rate for Europeans is 1.8. I know, and the know. Muslims over there are like two point nine. I know, and, and they're that's doing the, that's it. the point. That's the point. I know that's the point I'm getting at. My point uh, about that is that they are willing to do this over the long haul. There are Muslims who are a part of what you're describing right now who know they will never be alive to see their their vision come true. They are willing to do it over the course of. Decades and decades, generations, breeding, like you said, outbreeding and so on and so forth, uh, the natives in some of those lands. Um, and then eventually, I mean, obviously, when you have a population majority, when you have a population majority, then you can elect, then you can elect the, uh, the representation and then you can enact those things. They're in it for the long haul. It's not something they can do in a short period of time and they're willing to wait that out. So I just think in the years to come, we're going to see more and more and more. This, these kinds of killings. 
Well, I hope people aren't going to put up. Well, with I, it. well, I hope that's not the case because obviously this is wrong. This is the wrong way to do that. If they want to, and Patrick, thank you for the phone call. If they want to stop that eventuality from becoming their fate, where we become, you know, uh, where where the entire Earth is, you know, looks like the Middle East, where we're all operating and living without liberty and without freedom. Uh, where you you know you are subject to Sharia law, where women are deprived of rights, and so on and so forth, they have to stop that not with mass shootings. They have to stop that with policy change. They have to stop that with immigration control, which he's you know th- there are some elements of this that you and the guest yesterday he's right. I didn't again I didn't hear it from Hugh, but I've heard it from many others. It's true. Um, the, the immigration, the lax immigration, the open borders policy embraced by some European leaders, including and especially Angela Merkel in Germany, they're allowing all of these Muslim immigrants to come into the United States, or into Germany, and then, of course, crossing borders into other European nations and running roughshod and, and, and creating no-go zones for police because these are Muslim-controlled zones, and they live and they operate in their own little kind of uh, little mini kingdoms, and they and they commit terrible crimes. And yes, they continue to uh, to uh, uh, to breed and to and to repopulate Europe uh, completely. As you know, eventually, not now, not tomorrow, not next year, but over the generations of more and more uh, uh, Muslims coming in, and then having children who have children who have children, they're willing to do this over the course of decades until Europe is a Muslim continent until that becomes the case in north america as well it is a very very long game i need to have claire lopez back on i need to have frank gaffney back on i need to have a lot of the true experts on who know this kind of thing but that is true but none of that realization none of that can justify what just happened in new zealand this nut writing about those things it's fine. Write a book about it. Write a book that, say Europe is being overrun by Muslim immigrants. Say, say Europe is being overrun by a Sharia law mentality. Say that we need to push back against that politically, legislatively in those countries. And if that's the case in New Zealand or in Australia or anywhere else, write a book about it. Be a leader about it. You don't go murdering in order to stop it. And I want that to be made very clear. Just because some of the things he's writing about may be accurate in terms of of um, population shifts and immigration shifts, just because some of those things might be accurate, it does not mean this is the way to go about it, and it needs to be condemned unilaterally, or not unilaterally, uniformly, I should say, unanimously, and uh, without without any um, conditions whatsoever. It is just wrong. It is horrific, and it must be condemned. I'm late here. Let's get out and come right back in to wrap it up on AM 1420 The Answer. Bible. All right, final segment, a short one as always. I got time for a couple of calls, though. TJ's been there all day. TJ, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, you know, Bob, you brought up a real interesting point about the EMP and taking down the grid. And, you know, it's not just the EMP, but, you know, a big enough solar storm can accomplish the same thing. This just shows how fragile a technological civilization is. If either one of them events happen overnight, we're back in the Stone Age. And these left-wing so-called intellectual liberals would find out how stupid they really are. Would they be able to build a sustainable uh, uh, shelter? Would they be able to hunt, uh, uh, trap, skin an animal for food? 
purify their water? Would they be proficient enough with firearms to defend what they got? My bet is if one of them events took place, the people that would most likely survive would be the supposedly uneducated, deplorable mega hat wearers. I'll tell you what, TJ, if something like that ever came to uh, to fruition and happened, I, I think I think 20% of the population would survive. 20%. I won't even do it by the polit- politics of it. I just think that we as a society, almost without an option, have become so soft and unable to do the things you've done because of the advances of technology. We have let everything become automated and everything be handed to us, everything be given to us on a silver platter. We just expect things to be readily available by way of the Internet. Call Amazon Prime, bang, bang, boom. We would, 80% of the population would not know how to be self-sufficient and survive, no matter who they are, to be honest with you. Uh, Nick Phillips uh, from The uh, Advocate with Nick Phillips. Nick, I've only got 35 seconds left. Uh, I didn't see you there. What's on your mind? Hey, real quick. Hey, just want to let everyone know that Sunday on The Advocate, 8 o'clock, we're going to have Dr. Matthew Walsh from the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, he is a, uh, a pancreatic cancer surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic and has been working for 20 years and researching and finding out all about pancreatic cancer. So we're going to talk about the Alex Trebek situation and how yeah. dangerous pancreatic Trebek. cancer is. So it's our latest update, so please tune in. 8 o'clock Nick, Sunday night. Nick, I'm glad to hear it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. To have yourself a great weekend. The Advocate at 8 o'clock on Sunday with Nick Phillips is always a great listen. No question about that. All right, that's all the time that I've got. As mentioned, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation today. Have a wonderful weekend. Be safe, and we'll talk to you Monday on the Bob Brands Authority. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.